0: to another episode of Collective Conversations. I'm your host, Mike Brewer, and I am excited about our guest today, Hugh Coleus. Uh, Hugh is the CEO of You Who, uh, <laughs> and we'll unpack that in just a second. It's an awesome name. Uh, Hugh, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Mike. I'm uh, excited, and thank you for the invitation.
0: Absolutely. And I, the one thing I forgot to ask you pre-record was how to pronounce your last name, and I'm quite certain I butchered it.
1: No, you are the first person that's actually nailed it on the first try. Uh, so kudos. That that was uh, super impressive.
0: Wow. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I saw it and I thought, oh, hope this goes right. <laughs> all, right all right. So, so uh, Huey, I, I know you and I have been trying to connect. We've connected once and we've been trying to connect at least, I don't know, 275 times since then. <laughs> seems like that. Um, and uh that that was many 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 months ago but i I remember that being a delightful conversation, and I thought you would be an incredible guest for our podcast, and we also record this and put it out on youtube but um the the story of you who uh the story of you um I want to start to try to unpack that with something that you keep on your linkedin uh, profile it, it It reads property management shouldn't be hard that's why we're reshaping the multifamily experience. And I'm wondering if you can unpack that for us.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a great, uh, great question. And how much time do you have? <laughs> <laughs> a ton.
0: Apparently, oh, yeah.
1: Apparently, apparently, yeah, exactly. That was the cue. And <laughs> it's over now.
0: Um, but no,
1: it's, um, as it. you know, firstly, all of our conversations have been uh, tons of fun and super insightful, and that's kind of the the general thesis and part of our culture at you who is just, you know, have fun. And on the property management side, um, there's been, th- there's not enough emphasis, I think, on the the property teams, and the property team members and, and the day to day and what they go through. Because um, there's a ton of ups and downs. And I think at times we, we overcomplicate things for the the property team members. Um, and sometimes we, we overlook them. And we're so focused on you know resident centricity um, or you know operational nuances or things like that 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 we actually um, don't appreciate the human element um, on on the site site side so that's something that we over the last uh six seven years have been really kind of focused and dialed into um, my family has and that that's kind of my background is they they own and, and manage thirty thousand units across Canada and I wanted to start something in uh, the software space because that seemed like the, the the fun thing to do at the time. Um, looking back on it, you're like, oh, should, was was that the right thing? Um, it was, of course. But um, so it, it seemed like it's such a great way to meld uh, the two philosophies together, um, and we just kind of co-developed the platform with some of the leading uh, property management companies in Canada, um, and through that we kind of just learn that insight um on on the site teams and the technology they use is super clunky they're using you know fifteen thousand different browser windows to go through in, in the different uh you know software platforms and and providers and and it's it's also most of it's kind of built in the the 1980s 1990s right. so you know not only is their day-to-day really tough because you know they have to have tough conversations sometimes with residents or prospects and you know hopefully most of, the, most of their day is filled with delightful conversations like this. But um, our focus was, you know, both internally as a company, it's you know, have fun, um, let's uh, enjoy kind of our, our time together, and you know you're at work 80 percent. Well, in my case, it's like 99.9 <laughs> percent of your time. So why not have fun? And why do you have to like, delineate between you know work, life and personal and, and be a different person on both sides? And the same goes to as we work with our our client partners and provide not just the software but you know the the service around it. Um, and that's kind of where we've been really kind of dialed in is trying to um, we're we're making a play on uh, giving your your site teams a vacation, um, not a well a literal one. So we're we're actually doing like a a, a raffle and providing oh. our, our users as well as uh, prospects and. We'll, we'll add you to the list. Um, it'll it'll be it'll be a great vacation. It'll be tons of fun, um, but also uh, the non literal way, which is you know easy to use software. You have know, fun support team to kind of help them through the process, and uh, it's it's been a really fun journey. So it's it's exciting to kind of see where we came from and where we're going. Our our idea is if you can give this beautiful checklist to the site team of what they have to do. And it actually takes them exactly where they need to go from a, a software or communications perspective. Then you can take anyone, put them in that property team seat. They're not fighting with the software. They're not fighting with the solution. And it just kind of shows them what to do on a day-to-day basis. Um, yeah, it'd be a, a beautiful, beautiful future
0: that we're uh, excited about. I love it. Quixotic. I like it. Oh, oh, <laughs> I, 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 I wonder if you if you take us back to the sort of the Genesis moment or the, the catalyst that, uh, you know, gave you the idea to create something like this, but not just that moment, but also the, the moment or the series of decisions that you made to be more uh, team member centric versus resident centric, not, not that the resident doesn't get served through this platform, but what, what moment in time gave you the aha, we should do the, the team member instead of the resident? I'm just
1: curious, yeah, it's, it's a really good question. And my dog is uh, actually, just give me two seconds, <laughs> I can just take her think she just wanted outside on the balcony, but uh, hopefully, she doesn't uh <laughs> come back. Um, but it's 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 super interesting because um, you know, the there's always in, in every business, there's always the the is your are your is your customer the most important thing or is your team the most important thing? And there's always kind of two two schools of thought. One is, you know, the customer is always right. And then the other is um, you know, if, if we treat our employees with a ton of uh respect and excitement, then they're gonna show that exact same experience to the residents and it's gonna flow through and indirectly you're actually being resident centric by providing your site teams with, um, that kind of thought train. And I think that's where we're, um, we, we kind of came upon it just talking with operators and there was one operator they had, you know, 15, 16,000 units, um, and their CEO had came in, you know, six, seven years ago. And the the first thing he kind of, did when he landed in that role was going from the customer's always right and we must do everything for the customer or the resident to what's best for like the site teams. So as an example, you know, 24-hour maintenance, it's is for a site team member, you know, you're, you're on call, so your quality of life isn't great. You're also probably not making competitive wages because within the property manager space, you know, that's a whole different topic but you know wages haven't really caught up with um the type of work i'd say that everyone's kind of doing on a site level basis um and what he noticed was um the the employees they'd say um we we need to do this because it's for the resident he's like well like what about you like what what are your thoughts and like what do you mean what about me like that that doesn't matter and then he was like oh my goodness like this is this is like super backwards Um, And as soon as they started kind of shifting that mentality and saying, okay, like what's best for the site team to then provide that great uh, resident experience and that great employee experience, you know, their EMPS shot up and then their NPS actually shot up respectively as well. So they started to see like a direct correlation between that employee centricity and the resident centricity. And it kind of bled through. Of course, you have to have, you know, resident, specific programs and, and engagement aspects like that. But, you know, I, I look at my personal life and I look at, um, you know, friends who aren't happy in their personal life and therefore they kind of, it bleeds through into work and then it, it it has all these like negative effects. And, you know, Jeff Bezos has that great work-life integration um, quote, which is, you know, you, you got to be happy in both to be happy in totality.
0: Yeah. and. Yeah
1: you know, it's, it's conversations like that with a number of operators who kind of took that lens. It's not that they don't care about the resident. And I think that's like an important kind of point there. But it, it just seemed to be super intuitive. And, uh, you know, we do tons of training with site teams all the time. So it's it's great to hear their perspective. And, you know, I think most people listening to this are from the industry. So they understand and can empathize with what the site teams deal with on a day-to-day basis. uh, Sometimes you can't even make that stuff up. You're just like, this is absolutely insane. Um, But, you know, so we're really trying to empathize with that. And it's tough in software to get the rest of the team to understand what the site teams actually go through on a day-to-day basis and the product team. And because that's ultimately who's uh, a big user of the platform and then providing the experience for their customers. So it's uh, yeah, it's 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 been an interesting kind of journey and I'm sure we'll continue to like think through it over time with the more kind of experience that we, we go through but um feels intuitive, but we'd love to kind of hear your thoughts because um, I feel like everyone has a their own kind of spin.
0: You know, it's I I just had <clears throat> excuse me, a similar conversation Let's say it was a week ago, for lack of remembering. It it was uh we were having a conversation about software development. And we we're actually talking with a let's call it the the leader of the developers or the manager of the developers. And and he was talking about how difficult it was to, to get those two sides, right? End user, developer, and somewhere here in the middle, you got gotta bring that together. And I, I I recall a story where I was sitting in a room with somebody who had written a Uh, machine learning or, or, uh, AI, it it wasn't a bot. It was like a true NLP sort of, uh, uh, leasing agent. And, and what was really cool. My experience was this particular individual had with him a developer and we were sitting in the room and we were saying, Oh, it'd be really cool if it did this. And here's why. And they would literally tap it out right in front Mm. of us. (laughs) And, and then they would like turn the keyboard around or turn the laptop around like this. And we're like, yeah, like that. That's super cool. But what (laughs) it brought to mind and the the punchline to the story was, you know, in my head, it becomes super interesting when you put the real end user in the room and, but you also have to have this sort of mediator who's versed in the art of articulating what business Mm -hmm. end user is and, because this is a whole other language, right? The code, I've never done code, but I imagine it's a whole other language. So this person is key, but having all these people in the room at the same time seems to be the way to accelerate the pace of development. Just this guy's opinion.
1: Yeah, and it's- Only because of seeing
0: it real time.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very cool, uh, to your point, having that, that translator, um, which I guess on our side is like a, a product owner, um, mm-hmm. To do like that, that translation is like so invaluable and very, very hard to hire for. Um, but you know, in the ideal state, you get you know an ex-property manager who's super interested in, in building product and technology, and then they can kind of then then you have that perfect um, one-to-one where it doesn't get kind of watered down in between. Call it like tech speak. Um, yeah. So that's you know the the ideal state. But also, you know, there's a there's a shortage. Uh, I think in all industries uh, from a hiring perspective so it's hard to hard to find that but we've been fortunate to find you know ex property team members to to join the team and also just work extremely close to exactly like you're you're saying with you know clients or prospects and you know you're literally just building it in a room or virtually I guess now that everyone's super remote um, and really getting to the source and solving the core problem instead of just some of the symptoms and that's, I think something that I've uh, underestimated is, you know, asking why five times and then probably asking why five more times. Um, You can really, you can solve a lot more uh, problems in advance by going deeper down. And that's where, you know, having a great product person um, comes into, comes into handy.
0: I think, you know, there's, there is such a valuable lesson in that asking why five times that comes to mind for me there. Many times you we're we're all guilty of this and I'll I'll raise my hand to be super included in this group. You, you have someone that comes to you and they have, they describe a scenario or situation to you in an, in an emotionally loaded way. And I don't mean that as a condescending remark, they're they're very amped up about it and, and you get caught up in the emotion of that and you, you know especially people who are problem solvers they immediately go to work on solving a problem only to discover that's that's not even the problem yeah. it's totally. like way over here in left field right you're trying yeah. to solve a baseball problem and it's really like a football problem it's, <laughs> but that but that to your to your point there in the lesson in asking five asking why five times you're like just peeling the layers of the onion back and getting to the pure definition of an issue before you go, <laughs> you go run off and solve it, right?
1: Oh, it's 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 crazy. i um, you know, doing being on the the implementation side in on in software for, you know, solving a lot of the both actual problems and perceived problems is I think part of the the art and I guess a bit of science. Yeah. during implementation because it's no one really and it actually be really interesting to hear how you kind of navigate this within radco but most companies that we work with don't really have a, a a firm handle of the operational aspects that go on between all the different sites and of course it gets um worse as your portfolio expands because it's just harder to um I guess control in a certain sense, Sure. Um, where it'll go down to the, we learned early on that you almost have to implement on a site-by-site level basis because, you know, the, the head of operations would be like, hey, like this, this is our lease. This is, this is what's done, but in the system, it's great. You deploy it. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, we don't even use this lease. And then the operations were just like, what, what are you talking about? And then we're like caught in the middle. Like, what do you want us to do? Um, so there's like this, this, yeah, it's, it's part art, part science of trying to, to work with both the site teams and then, you know, that, that layer up so that you don't have every site kind of working completely separately. Um, it's definitely been an interesting, interesting challenge, but one where, you know, we've tried to bring in Ganex property team members to actually help with the operations and even just like scope that um before you even go down the implementation path but yeah I'd love to hear how how you kind of manage that
0: internally you know, it's a it's uh let me preface by saying we have not cornered the market on that particular <laughs> issue <laughs> in terms <laughs> of a solution i i will say that we we attempt to so abraham lincoln has this this wonderful quote um uh, you know if given 6 hours to chop down a tree I would spend the first four hours sharpening the axe, right? Mm. And it, it's really a a simply profound way of saying a lot of front side prep time, right? And a lot of if then or if then analysis, or a lot of uh, disaster scenarios, or mm. all these scenario plannings that you you attempt to put down on big whiteboards or on pieces of paper with a lot of smart people in the room at the same time. So we kind of get a lay of the land. Uh, We understand the problem that we're trying to solve or the the resident enhancement we're trying to make or the team member enhancement we're trying to make or business partner relationship enhancement we're trying to make. We try to get a real clear definition of that with everybody in the room. Then we go through all these scenarios of things that can and because it is the world and because we are dealing with people will happen. And so you have, all these, you have all these, in a perfect world, it's going to happen this way. And if, if disaster happens, these things are going to happen. And here's how we'll solve all this. Problem. Anyway, you do a lot of frontside prep before the go live date. And, and then when you go live, you just you do it under the understanding or under the premise that things are going to go wrong. And the biggest thing we can do is remember that we are all human and we need to be graceful with one another. And that will be the expectation stuff's going to happen and we're going to be nice and kind when we have to deal with it. Have fun. And have fun.
1: (laughs) That's right. It's such a change management is insane. (laughs) I don't don't even know if there's a word to describe it. Uh, That could really encompass the uh, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely a challenge. Um, Both internally, from like a cultural and company perspective, but also on the on the other side, where you're trying to then help the change management process um, on the on the client partnership side, it's 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 tough.
0: That that's right. I yeah, I I think if you can create a culture, and and we we try to do a good job of this, and and I know we're not perfect, but you you really try to help people feel like they're in a psychologically safe space, and that Mm -hmm. failure is really just an event it doesn't define you or who you are as a person and so if you can work under that premise that it's safe and this is not a reflection of you we're all learning here then things seem to roll out much easier in that you know under that premise because it's even though there is pressure to make sure things are executed well you're not you're not sort of under the pressure that if this is not perfect, you're going to lose your job. (laughs) Yeah. We try to, we try to approach it like that. Um, a lot of times. It's such a good, uh,
1: the, the fear of failure. I think I, I always underestimate how ingrained that is Mm -hmm. into, especially every new Yuhulian that comes into the company. Generally, you know, for me, it's like, ah, you know, if, if we goof up, Let's, just, let's own up to it. Let's be transparent. Let's learn from it and, and kind of move on and no need to, you know, go through the past multiple times or, you know, slap hands and aspects like that. But um, you, you always just underappreciate uh, the perspective of a lot of people coming in, coming from environments where, you know, you fail at something and, you know, they, yeah, the, the hammer comes down hard. And
0: That's right. It, um,
1: and you just gotta continue to, to repeat that and make sure that culturally everyone's you know accepting and, and pushing that forward. And it's also still tough. I mean, being in a leadership position too, the the amount of uh repetition I think that you have to do to make sure that uh the message kind of proliferates across and you know, building a culture, which is uh interesting segue we've kind of found ourselves into, um, <laughs> is such an interesting um, thing to do, especially in a post-COVID world where you're super remote, and it's it's always top of mind of building connectedness. We have a one of our virtues is inspiring belonging, which is you know making sure that everyone feels um, included, and you know it's it's essentially like the golden rule, and a reflection of not just within the company but externally, uh, and in kind of your day to day, but you know doing that in, in this remote world where, you know, you're in zoom meetings for eight, nine, sometimes 12 hours a day. Nice. Um, it's, it, it really gets to you uh, mentally. And if you don't have a way of kind of, I guess, venting out some of that, you know, pent up, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's, uh, it's definitely been challenging. Uh, and I imagine, I don't know if you guys are doing like a hybrid remote, but of course site teams have to be like fully on site. I imagine now and so it's that there'd also be a challenge there of you you almost have two cultures and we see that with some of our client partners. You've got, you know, head office has a very different culture than the site teams and you know bridging that that gap can be can be a challenge.
0: Yeah, it's I I think that is really one of the hardest challenges in in leadership and especially in a hybrid world we've we've actually gone fully remote as as of a week ago on the residential side of our business our our company side of the business still has an office um we were at the end of a lease and we moved to a new office and when we did that the, the radco companies has the office space radco residential is now a completely remote company um largely because i wanted it to be that way but but uh but that doesn't mean that we're not contending with some of those issues. And I think one of the things that we're doing, we're attempting to do on some sort of choreographed or scheduled manner is, uh, just by way of example, we had a food, uh, I don't want to call it a food drive. We actually packaged food for U.S. Hunger uh, last week. Uh, We did it in in one of the hotels that we own, and we brought the entire company together on site, Corporate, we blended them together. We put them in a competitive sort of scenario where you're bagging food, like <laughs> table next to you.
1: Oh, fun! Yeah,
0: it was it was such a blast. And I'll, I'll tell you, Hugh, on the heels of all of that, the the energy that people felt and the the new connections that they made. I mean, you you see people over the screen, but it's quite different to see them in person and feel energy. Um, it, it was just a huge boost, and it, it made us want to do it a lot more. I think for the reasons that you cited, it just, uh, you got to do it. I think in a virtual culture, you still have to get together. You have to. Yeah,
1: no, I'm, uh, totally with you there. It's, uh, like we were talking about going to like conferences, we've got the, 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 the pre-conference jitters and then you go yeah. and you, you kind of get energized by, you know, all the, all the people. And, uh, and then you leave with this like newfound energy. And then of course it just it kind of cycles, it's it's a cycle. Just
0: like, yeah, just like,
1: uh, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's such a, the, the whole uh, physical connection component, I think is, it's overrated, but underrated. Like a lot of people talk about it, but I, I don't think a lot of people actually commit to, to doing that. And it'll be interesting, have a random question that's like pseudo related, but taking your resident managers or site teams and almost going like, fully remote there in the sense of you know maybe have like a a, a virtual appointment through an app or something like that um, and you know everyone's talking about centralizing on leasing and yeah. but wondering if what what your opinion would be on taking it kind of one step further and being able to essentially whether it's video well it would probably have to be like video or something like that but yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that
0: i so if i if I understand your question correctly almost making property management uh, as fully remote as you, as you possibly could. And yeah, I, so I often frame that this way. So Bill Gates was on a mission to put a PC or whatever, you know, devices operating system could be planted on, on every desk, both personal and professional all across the world. Right. He, He was on a mission to do that many, many years ago, but he, he certainly was part and parcel to making that that a reality today. And I would like to be on a mission to take those things off of everyone's desk <laughs> in the leasing office <laughs> and and completely remove them. It doesn't mean there wouldn't be some sort of device there for demonstration purposes or marketing purposes or things of that nature. So I'm not I'm not completely um, you know off my rocker in terms of no technology <laughs> in the office. But <laughs> but type <and> <laughs> Right, exactly right, yeah. right. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so but but my overarching thesis is that we we don't really do relationship oriented business at the site uh level anymore, mm. and it it's partly germane to the lead and from you it's it's like you give or maybe we were talking about this pre recording we put so much on our team members mm. um that most of and it's mostly transaction data entry and all these sorts of things that you can't really look people in the eye when you're having a conversation with him. So I'm very much in favor. It's a long way of saying, I'm a complete advocate of what you're, you're suggesting there. <clears throat> and, but I don't know that that's going to completely remove a human from the property because I think there is, I think there is value in having humans. <laughs> it sounds weird to say humans at the property. <laughs> uh, but but in a in an ecosystem where they can just connect with yeah. people, yeah, it's I just such
1: an interesting because um, in, in Canada they they still have the the live in RM model, uh, mm. which you've you probably seen in, in some markets um, and portfolios in the US, and that's that's kind of the the very, I guess the 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 OG or like the the original property manager, which is, you know, very, yeah. very like human driven. And, you know, you, you have an issue and you go down to, you know, Betty Sue and, and 102 and I like how that rhymed, you know, you're yeah. knocking, knocking on the door it's nice skirt, <laughs> and it's, it's, it's a, a completely different. And you actually see that in a lot of the Google reviews where, where people will call out those like live in supers and, you know, or those supers have been there for like 20, 30 years. Um, and they're actually the holdouts on the technology side, which is, which is interesting because, the, the vision right. the, the vision that you're portraying is it exists. Um but they're you know they're they're very <laughs> for for probably the wrong reasons. Um so it, it's 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 interesting because there's there's two completely different schools of thought. I'd I'd lean more towards exactly what you're saying, whereas, you know, free up as much time as possible to have yeah. I mean, maybe they're not there uh five days a week because everyone's so focused on you know, NOI and re- reducing right. expenses. And so maybe you have like a rotating community care team that, you know, all they do is just like chat with residents or set up in-person appointments and, you know, they can right. kind of rotate across the portfolio. Because um, otherwise it becomes like a very, there's a lot of push to self-serve, you know, even like the self-tours and uh, during COVID, I think numbers were inflated because that's sure. really all you you could do is of course they're going to be incredibly successful. And then you know, the data started coming out where, you know, a big chunk of the reason why people didn't convert was because, you know, they didn't have someone to talk to. And I remember being in Canada, self tours don't really exist. Um, they're still kind of being spoken about. And so I was, I was really excited because you go to all the U S conferences, it's self tours. This is the future. This is so fascinating. And have been talking about that for years I toured a property in Denver and I left really disappointed because I was expecting this incredible, you know, seamless experience and it was, it was kind of clunky and, and then, you know, they, they text you and then all of a sudden they're like on your phone and they're like, well, what are you doing now? And uh, are you interested in moving here? And you're like, ah, like this is, this is almost more invasive because now being Canadian, you're like, ah, well I have to reply. To this this individual and, and go along with this, and you're like, I don't want to don't want to ghost ghost the, the leasing consultant. That'd be rude. Uh, so it's it was it was a very interesting experience. And then you leave and you're like, well, yeah, you, know, you don't even need the technology. It's like just give me a, a give me the keys and a fob. Let me walk around. Come back to the the site office and you know we can chat. And so it's a it was interesting going hearing hearing the hype. And then going through, and I I think exactly to to your point, it's it's that human connection part that I think the industry is almost going too far on the transactional basis. And then there's the age-old debate of is housing a commodity or is it a luxury? And in some aspects, absolutely it's a commodity. And maybe that's where that type of interaction set make sense, is you know, it's it's super self serve. You know, we're kind of commoditizing. There's nothing wrong with that, and there's nothing wrong with being a commodity. Um, but if you're trying to go, you know, the more experience um, side of things, then you kind of have to take a different different approach. And so it's a it's a, it's a challenge. I can definitely see that challenge. But you got you got to kind of swing too far one way to to make the adjustment, and uh, you kind of see that already in a lot of conversations. But yeah, just an interesting kind of random thought.
0: Yeah, it it, uh, it just brought to mind only, only because my wife and I are selling our home. And uh, I just went through the process of, of trying to find a, a rental home, single family. And I'd heard to kind of seem a uh, theme. I had heard all these wonderful things about how the single family home market had really figured out how to do self-tour and self-guided tour. And so I was really excited about actually going through the process and and I learned the the, the big punchline is that I, I got on Zillow, I do my searches and I quickly realized, actually sort of quickly realized that everybody uses Zillow as sort of a point of distribution. And it's like 15 different management companies and all 15 I'm just making that number up, but all 15 management companies have different processes for their self-guided tour, right? And so I end up with a an inbox just full of, here's how our process works, here's how our process works. And then I have like process merge, right? And like I'm thinking I'm doing X process when I'm really doing Y pro- Anyway, long story short, it was a very... It's very, it's very f- not user friendly. <laughs> when, when you finally figured out one management company's process, yeah, exactly. it is really great. It's just that there's not just one <laughs> <management> company, right. <laughs> it's so, so
1: it's, everything's so overly complicated, and yeah, you, you see that even when you go in and kind of do a quick assessment of operations. Um, everyone, there's just processes built on processes. Just because that's how things have been done for 10 years and no one's like, ah, should we really be doing that still? Yep. And then the software providers kind of come in and everyone's like, well, we we just have to follow this process, even though technically with your software, it would negate having to go through that. And you know, similar with you know, self-tours and and all those different aspects, I feel like a lot of um both software providers and operators kind of overcomplicate a lot of the the processes, because you know that that's just how things have been done. There's also you know legislation, which I think plays sure. a, a massive role. Um, but you know these documents being 120 pages with like the 50 million addendums, and it's like is is this really? It's it's then you take it. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go on a, a a complete rant, but you know. No, I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's like, can we just like simplify things where it's just like, I just want to show up at a, at a building and see if I can envision myself living there and just like a seamless, like if I can buy a car without going through all these like loops, like why, why can't I do the same? And then we, we, we try to project that messaging and everyone's just like, Hey, that's great. But, uh, lawyers, yeah, there's just no way. <laughs> And you're like, that's
0: ah, dark, but it was want to lawyer. be in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, you know, it, it, uh, I, I recall hearing uh, Mary Barra, which is, uh, who is rather the uh, CEO of uh, GM, I think. Yeah. So she, she was being interviewed on CNBC um, and somebody asked her a question about career apparel, or somehow the conversation about career apparel came up. Maybe she brought it up, but uh, under the premise of being simple, she said, look, our dress code is dress appropriately. Yes. Yeah. That's it. There's no handbook for it. (laughs) There's no process for it. It's just pick a good outfit and show up. Right. Like (laughs) it doesn't have to be that complicated. I mean, some (laughs) things, Some things I get it to your point about regulation and fair housing, things of that nature. I I get it. But some of this other stuff, it's, you know what happens, or at least my opinion is you, somebody does something bad in your company and all of a sudden you penalize the masses. You start majoring in the minors to penalize the masses (laughs) and you think you're doing a good thing, but you're really not.
1: (laughs) It's so you're uh, managing by, I don't call it like the weakest link, but, you know, you're managing the detractors when you should be more focused on you know the the great people. And it, from a, a corporate perspective, I think that that one's easier to follow. It's like you know, same with like expense policies and you know, to your point, dress code and things like that. Um, you know, it's kind of just like put yourself in in the best interest of the company. And then if you don't, instead of creating rules around it, you just hey, you're not part of this culture. Right. Unfortunately, you know, we're just going to have to build a, a culture that. Um, you don't have to build a bunch of rules around. Um, yeah, I could see on the, the the residential side, it becomes a little bit more difficult to do that because sure. you know, the eviction process is you, know, you have to go on a, a, a treasure hunt in order to to figure out all the steps and talk to like 15 different people. And so it, it becomes obviously a big, big distraction. Um, and then, you know, that, that kind of doves, dovetails into to regulation and just... Overall, which which is is there for good reason, sure. um, because there are you know bad actors within the space. But you know you'd have to have a, a massive cultural shift and change. And now I'm going to go deep into politics, which there's <laughs> really really no point in going down. But you know I, I what I, all I'm saying is I completely agree with exactly what you're saying. It would be so ideal, even like an application form. Like, why do people have to fill out an application form? It's like, you know, right. What are we really getting (laughs) from these individuals? Like, they say yes or no, and you kind of have to believe it. When you know, you could do financial analysis with some of like the fintech tools out there, and it would be imagine that process. It's like, hey, apply, connect your bank account, and you're done. Like, forget about the fifty million questions and but you know there's there's comfort i guess in in sticking to process that uh we'll we'll get through one day, but you know one one thing at a time yeah.
0: i I think you hit a really good point there it's i I remember reading this interesting probably not interesting to everybody but interesting analysis of uh if if your process is too simple, then people don't tr- <laughs> they really don't trust it like, <laughs> really? if it's too easy, it's like oh. Oh, that $20 bill laying on the ground. I, I just <laughs> wonder if I... No, nah, I'm not going to... You know, it's like... It's like it could be it could be the, the best thing ever and you're not going to do it because it's just too easy to do it. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh,
1: it's, it's true. It's funny you, you mentioned the $20 on the ground thing because I was golfing the other day and I don't know if it was a trap. So this is the exact same thinking. Is someone put like golf balls lined up on the tee box and you're like is this like a a test and they have like a camera in the bush so you like you you, (laughs) take take the balls and all of a sudden your picture is going to be in like the the pro (laughs) shop or like what's what's going on here so your mind immediately goes to but if if the ball is in the bush where you're like ah like it's it's pretty clear this one's lost and you know you're like "Ah, i'll I'll right pull up my bag so it's (laughs) it's it's so true even on like We've had that challenge on implementation where, you know, we'd be like, look, like we're just gonna waive the implementation costs because you know, we're we're keen to do business and this is a, a partnership. And then people's eyebrows kind of raise, they're like, Oh, maybe they don't understand how difficult implementation is because you know they're not really charging for it. And we're like, Oh, like this is this is ironic. It's it's like <laughs> you, you could we could we could do this together, it's great, or like make you more comfortable by charging you more money. And it's like this it's head scratching. And of course, you know, for us it's like, okay, great, like we we would absolutely love to. Um but yeah, there's these these interesting like isms within society, I guess, that that dictate a lot of human behavior. Um
0: so a, interesting. We'll, uh, we'll waive the fee, but if you're suspect, we're gonna double it.
1: Yeah, literally. That's like yeah. <laughs> that should be a tagline. It's very you should you should
0: work in our marketing team. <laughs> You're going to be happy to pay it. I trust yeah. I've seen it happen before. You're, you'll be <laughs> That'll be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had to ask you a question before it escapes my mind. And, yeah. and I, I have, this is totally off the subject, still on this subject. But uh, Yoohoo is an, a very interesting name. Ah. I, meant, I meant to lead by asking that question. We should have asked it like, Yoohoo, what is that? And you, you, <laughs> I got, I got, I have to know the answer. Like, how did you come know with that name?
1: <laughs> uh, I, I I wish there was some uh, amazing backstory where I was, you know, trekking through the woods and trying to find myself. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh. Oh can,
0: oh, can I guess? I got, I have to guess. I have to guess. The H U is part of your first name. So, so,
1: yes, actually. So, um, when we started the company uh, my sister uh very creative she named my bird mr flaps and <laughs> That's awesome, That's <laughs> awesome. You know, she's she's just she's, she's going great into marketing um <laughs> and then uh one of uh, uh another individual who um joined me in the early days um his last name was you, so she kind of like stuck the names together and it was we had this like it had to be two syllables and it was also really fun because you could, you know, the Staples easy button, you could have like a yoo-hoo or if you have like, you know, marketing, no one does radio ads anymore, but you know, if you right. were to do some sort of, I don't know, advertisement with audio, it's just like, it's fun. You could do like so many different things with it. So it kind of stuck and we at one point thought about rebranding. because, like, ah, oh, maybe we have to be more like property kind of. Sure centric like multifamily
0: you know, like, or apartment like, or yeah
1: exactly um but it was just so fun and you know the logo kind of just stuck and um it also gives us the opportunity to you know go into other areas whether it's like single family or you know senior and and things like that so uh, and conveniently it's it's close to yardy uh when you're uh exhibiting <laughs> you're doing a search you know. <laughs> 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 you know, it's like so it, uh, yeah, it was uh, kind of a fun uh, fun name that we, uh, I think everyone, everyone likes so far. We haven't, in the early days, actually, a lot of people thought we were uh, like a, a Chinese scam. Um, oh. So we get, get the emails and they'd be like, ooh, like this, this doesn't sound like a legit, legitimate corporation. Oh. And it sounds like they're based in Asia or something. And uh, <laughs> so we got that for the first year or so. And then, yeah, now that we've been doing this for long enough and have a proper like website and brand and, and product, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good kind of reflection of just our culture and what we're all about, which is having fun, um, having impact and yeah, doing, doing what we can to, to push the industry forward.
0: I, 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 I love the name. It was so on the heels of talking to you for the first time, I went back to the team and we have a, a Monday meeting. We call it the strategic thinking team. Uh, meeting, it's the the senior team, and I'm like, yeah, I I, uh, I had a super interesting conversation with Hugh, and uh, this company is Yoohoo. and they're like instant smiles. Like, they don't even know what it is. <laughs> then they're like, are you kidding? Like what? You... <laughs> no, 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 no. Let me tell you about let me tell you about you. and they're like, yes. We have
1: to hear about this. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, so funny, yeah. In in uh, the US, there's also the the chocolate beverage, the the Yahoo chocolate drink, right. which we had no idea about. So when we were starting to have conversations with people based in the US, they're like, "Ah, oh, like the the chocolatey drink," and we're like, "What are you What are you talking about?" <laughs> <And they're laughs> like, oh no. <laughs> But I think with the, the health trends and stuff, that's uh, probably a on, on the out. So we, we won't have too much brand competition there.
0: <laughs> I, I, I have to share this at, to that point. We, so I, in the very early innings of my career, I worked for a company that was, uh, the letters were EPT. So EPT Management Company. Well, EPT is also a pregnancy test. In, like, and so when I would tell people, like, like he work for EPT. Yeah. You're, really? <laughs> and I, I had no idea. I it was just clueless when people look at me, like cross, cross eyes. Until I, you know, finally, someone said, "Well, it's like like the pregnancy testing." <laughs> no, not like that at all. Actually. <laughs> so, anyway, I so I I would love to. We're, we're running up around fifty minutes. I I wanna. I am interested, so for our listeners and and our viewers, uh, if it's not been obvious, we have been talking about uh, a property management system uh, called Yoohoo. Uh, he is based in Toronto, Canada, if you haven't picked that up either, and <laughs> is truly one of the kindest people I've, I've ever interacted with. I just, uh, I really enjoy you, you and your time. Um, yeah, so I, I just, um, in the interest of our, our viewers and our listeners, You know, where can people learn more about you, learn more about you, who uh, certainly maybe to end cap, learn uh, about things that you guys. I love technology and and I'm always attempting to think three to five to 10 years down the road and where all this stuff evolves, uh, where it ultimately lands and so. Sort of paint a picture, if you don't mind, of what you think the future of property management will look like. But first, tell us where people can find you and sort of then end cap with that vision and, and we'll sort of call this an yeah. episode.
1: A lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah, on. we look back kind of, yeah.
0: for this. Three
1: to five years from now, we'll pull up this video and be like, ah. Oh. Wow. We <laughs> were like, nailed it. it or, <laughs> completely off. <laughs> It's uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, learn more about us uh, on our websites. A, a, great, spa- a great start. Y-U-H-U dot I-O. Um But honestly, even just you know connecting on LinkedIn uh, with myself or you know anyone on our team, uh, it's all about just making connections, having great conversations like this. Um, and you know my philosophy is more so just connect. I'm also a, a terrible salesperson because that's I'm maybe it's because I'm Canadian, you know, we're not, we're not very pushy. So it's like, ah, let's just like learn about each other and, you know, compare notes. And hopefully at the end of the conversation, we both feel smarter. And then if there's like a technology need, you know, we can dig deeper, but if not, you know, continue to keep in touch. And so that's, and those are the fun conversations too. I haven't stressed it enough. It's, it's all, it's all about having fun. Um, (laughs) So that's from that perspective, you know, in the future, everyone says automation. Um, but I think before we can get to that true holy grail, and I think you, you actually nail, uh, the future already, which is trying to remove as many of the devices,
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: and kind of steps required from the site teams as much as possible. And I think a lot of that starts with just integrating into either, not necessarily a singular solution, but, uh, one solution that brings in all the different interaction points. And call it point solutions into one in a, in an actually integrated way, which I think is a big pain point in the industry today. Where you've got like five or six different browser windows open, and the data is kind of segregated, and you need to hire a data team and bring it all together. And then your site team are just pulling their hair out because they're like, "Oh, well, I, I'm going to talk with them here, and then I'm going to send them a the lease over here." And oh, now they're a resident, and now I got to set up their their smart smart home stuff, and you know. We're, we're over-complicating it for the site teams. The resident has like five, six apps that they go through throughout their entire resident journey. That's so, right. you know, as, as much as I want to project the future in three to five years where it's, you know, it's, it's we've got tons of AI going and, you know, virtual reality and you know, maybe with maintenance, we've got augmented reality going on and, and all these, you know, fun, fun buzzwords. I think as an industry, almost we got to take a step back uh, in order to kind of step forward, and I think that's that's if we can solve that problem and get all of the the workflow data flowing through a singular place yeah. and it doesn't mean it's one system that does everything but just some way of bringing it all together so then you can understand the insights that you can then automate and push that forward you know as much as technology evolves um, as quickly as it does you know three to five years in the property management space with time management and, you know, a lot of like CRM just became a discussion point like a couple of years ago. That's right. And in a lot of industries, CRM is, you know, from maybe a decade or so, you know? So it's it's, as much as I'd love to project this incredibly automated robotic future. I think as an industry, we almost have to, Take that that one one step backwards and say okay like how do we actually have that singularly integrated seamless flow for the property teams and therefore for the resident as well and making it just like super simple like a like a checklist where it's like hey Mr or Mrs property team like you got to reply to this this resident and you got to follow up on an AR balance and ah, you probably have to do a site walkthrough over here and it intelligently just takes you to all of those different areas. So I think that it's almost like an assistant for the property team members. Yeah. And then once you've got the interaction points and the data, you then automate that. And then that assistant almost becomes the property team member for those monotonous, uh, those basic tasks. The routine stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can use humans for what humans are great at, which is actual interactions Um, instead of, you know chatbots because those are great for again the basic tasks but you know if your resident's having a bad day or um you know it's 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 hard for the system to fully personalize that experience it can absolutely and you've got to continue to push down that direction but you know leveraging your people for um you know what they do best which is more complex tasks i think that's that's the future but in order to get there we got to kind of clean up the mess that is the fifty thousand different solutions that everyone's using on a day-to-day basis to to run their properties.
0: Yeah, I, I you know, who know it, It's it's a lot of crystal ball thinking, and, and I mean, what you're suggesting about the near term, I I think is spot on. The rest of it is is crystal ball. It brought it it brought to mind the. I won't be able to cite the source of this, but but somebody was talking about at some point there'll be sort of this super app, right? And I think they were talking about Facebook, Google, Apple, Instagram, WhatsApp. They were talking about all these different apps that we all govern our lives by, or or we're all led by turning into one super app at some point. And then that super app is that place where you sort of curate all these experiences, but you're, you're one source of data input, output, right? But all these other things still exist. They just exist behind the scenes. And and it it seems like at some point property management will be that in, in the way of a super app and and uh some of that is DIY. Um, some of that is certainly the rote and routine work done by the the robot or the the bot. <clears throat> but the to me the real differentiating factor in the future, and it's what we should all be after, is getting back to to what we were designed to do, to your point, is is just be in community and and be with one another in in real presence, uh, not distracted by all that other stuff that we are distracted by today.
1: <laughs> totally, it's. Uh, I had a great conversation with uh,
0: a, a
1: CEO at another. You know, they had 30,000 units, and he was talking about um, his best vacations are with friends. They share like an apartment together. And it's just this great kind of communal style living, which yeah. you know, people are kind of going down that co-living path, and it 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 works and it doesn't, um, but it's or you know like the the we live kibbutz style, um, yeah. which there's a lot of controversy behind you know the the we work and and we live and Adam Newman, but I think there there's some truth to that like community style. And maybe that's more so on the hotel side and the, the hotel experiences. Because if I look at like Airbnb experiences with friends, you know, going to a cottage yeah. or, or cabin and, you know, it's, it's way more fun than everyone getting their own hotel room. And, you know, it creates that, that experience that is really hard to almost impossible to rep, replicate digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like there, there might be something there in terms of just flipping the script on what we're building, like in amenities. A lot of people that I speak with, they're like, hey, the dirty secret is like we build these amenities to attract prospects to become residents. And hopefully they don't really use them too much. So from an operational expense perspective, which is true. I moved into the building I'm in currently because there's a pool and you're like, (laughs) I need to be there every day. How incredible is that? And it's like maybe once a month. I'm in the pool. And at that moment, you're like, ah, this is, this is so worth it. I need to be here tomorrow.
0: Nope. <laughs> One month later.
1: So I I wonder if there's also something there that's, you know, less on the, the technology side and more so whether it's like the physical space, or it's like programming the external community into the community, because there's a lot of um I guess apps and services out there where they do programming for the residents. That's right. That's right. And I was I was going through this discussion um with friends too because I was like, ah, like how incredible would it be we all live in this this communal floor. We can play games all night. It's gonna be a fun time. We can work. You know, you never have to leave the building. And they're like, well, what if I don't want to live in that area? Or you know, so then you're like, ah, like that's a really good point. Like property management companies are so focused on their singular community of just people that live there. Right. And I feel like we're, we're actually all missing the point that community doesn't necessarily have to be where you live. That's right. And you could you know, somehow incorporate whether the events incorporate the, the community around it, or it's more just like open. And theoretically that, that could probably help with like marketing, with branding. Um, so it, I feel like there, there's also something there that you you could really do something special that a lot of people aren't really talking about because everyone's so centric around like their their residence and therefore that is community. But it's like, well what if what if I don't want to be part of this specific community? Or what if others want to join in? You know? So it's yeah.
0: it's interesting. Yeah. Oh, I feel a round two coming on where we unpack the entire we're gonna unpack the entire sort of resonant experience ecosystem and how we sort of stitch together the fabric of a neighborhood. We're gonna figure this out. That's been
1: super whoever figures that out, I feel like that's like that's that's you're gonna change the world.
0: Yeah. we do it, Mike. Let's do it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Hugh, this this has been a blast. And and, and I uh again, I w I wanna stress that I, I appreciate the fact you invested your time. Uh, to do this for for our audience, uh, selfishly for me, because I, I think each time I talk to you, I, I learn so much. Uh, and I definitely appreciate uh, and enjoy your your personality and who you are as a person. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Vice versa. I really appreciate it too. And uh, always love these chats. I mean, it, it, it goes both ways. So I'm uh, looking forward to the next one.
0: Likewise. All right. And for everyone else, we'll see you next time on Collective Conversations. <laughs>